This week, is he gonna stay or is he gonna go? What if he stays? What if he goes? Which player are going to be involved in the deal? Oh, the Neymar saga. Jean Neymar. So, of course, we'll talk about it. But we will cover the Paris Saint-Germain Lille. First game of League One. This is PSG Talking. Well, hello, everyone. It's full b- football season again. League One uh, just started. Um, we have an hour podcast. We're going to cram as much as we can in one hour. It's going to be difficult. But it's not going to go past an hour because I got a bail in exactly one hour. Uh, we have a newcomer, Carl. Hello, Carl. Nice to have Hello. you. Hello. How are you doing? Look at my amazing background. You know what? I'm <laughs> going to get rid of it now. It sucks. Yeah, no. You have to teach us how to do that. Uh, I don't know if you can because I'm the account holder on Zoom. Ah. There you go. But I'll get, I'll get a green screen eventually and I'll, I'll do something a little fancier. Uh, so, uh, I'm sorry, Carl. Nice to have you. You're, uh, you're in Sweden. Our, our podcast team is getting more and more international. It's yeah. absurd and beautiful at the same time. It is. Um, no, I'm happy to, happy to be here. I, I was on the late and great uh, small talk with Mark Damon a couple of times and joined his World Cup project as well. But now I'm here. So, I'm very happy to join. Glad to have you. Um, you also contribute to the, the blog, I believe. You, you write a few things. Yeah, no, I, I did it a couple of years ago, but now I've been quite busy with school and stuff. But I will try to get into it as, uh, when, when I can. The more, the merrier. All right, the program today. We had uh, Paris Saint-Germain-Nîmes on Sunday, August 11th at Parc des Princes, 3-0. Strange game. Uh, the lineup was in the goal, Areola. Right back, Kerrer. Thiago Silva, a central defender with Diallo. Left back, Burnett. In midfield, we had Verratti on the left again. Uh, Draxler and Marquinhos. And up front, we had uh, Sarabia as sort of right winger. Cavani, uh, striker. And Mbappé, a sort of left winger. We're going to discuss about Paris Saint-Germain-Nîmes. There's quite a lot of things to talk about. And um, let's not be too optimistic or too pessimistic. Uh, did you all watch the game? Yes. Yeah. All right. um, your, your take. Uh, we'll start with you, Carl. Your take on um, the it, was, it felt a bit pre-season-y, if you, if you would like to say that. It was quite slow. It was partly down to, I think, Neem setting up in a 6-3-1. So when they really deployed those two low blocks, it's really hard to get any momentum going and fluidity in the, in the attack because you had 75% possession as very much, even for PSG in League One. Uh, so, yeah, no, it was pretty, pretty slow, but it was really what you would expect from a quite solid in the inside. Um, even we, PSG had trouble penetrating that tight defense, but 83% of the shots were still taken inside the penalty area. So it's, that, that's good in a way. So it means that even without Neymar, PSG are, are able to a certain degree 
to actually get shot shots off in decent areas. Uh, but yeah, no, slow at least in the first half, and then when uh, when we had to go uh, go more attacking parts of the second half, space opened up, and you can see that uh, with um, with the, yeah essentially more penetration behind both in the channels and behind the central defense as well. Terry? Yeah, no, exactly what Carl said. Um, the first 20 minutes were just kind of, you know, we're just trying to find out how we're going to get past the six defenders. And um, really, you know, we're just, just serious. You know, the game just kind of unfolded itself naturally the way it should have. Um, there's room for improvement everywhere. Um, but we did see some interesting things. Uh, I like really um, how we try to use the ball with between uh, the relation of uh, Verratti, Bernat, and Mbappe. Uh, I liked seeing Marquinhos dictating the tempo from the midfield, which is something that's kind of new. Um and, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, we've seen Sarabia was just kind of stressed out with his first home game. Um, I think with time it will come that he'll just free himself of that stress. You know, it's it's not easy to, to play for Paris, you know, and PSG is not exactly Sevilla. I mean, the popular expectations are higher. Um, than in Sevilla, so he'll get used to it. I'm not worried about it. You can see that he's got uh, the technical background. So, um, and you know, his game was kind of. You could explain it by the fact that Kera was not really doing anything offensively. Um, that can be explained by the fact that I think Tuchel was a little afraid of the uh, possible counterattacks. Um, so, you know, I mean, Mbappe is Mbappe. Is Mbappe. <laughs> you, you could tell that every time he has the ball, he, he can do everything better and faster than everybody else. Uh, we also, also saw some bad things. Uh, I think we could exploit our wings a little bit better. And that's something we saw you think. in the second half. Um, every time we used them, you know, we were dangerous. Uh, yeah. Whether it's the Mbappe goal uh, on that Bernat service um, or when Cavani just kind of uh, soft-touched the ball into a goal kick uh, <laughs> from Mbappe. Um, Draxler was a ghost. I mean, has zero influence on the game. Zero. That's the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, is not really available a bit, any time a bit and strange. doesn't do anything when he has the ball. Yeah. A bit strange. Um, the setup was in four three three. Why are we back to four three three? And then, and then, we didn't have, like you said, Terry, we didn't have any crosses. I think total ten crosses in the game. And when we did cross, it was dangerous. We have a. We have a striker who's poor in the game, but who's amazing in the box. If you give Cavani the ball in the box, most of the time he's going to score. Well, he, he had a he missed a sitter, but that happens. 
So Sarabia and Mbappe in the first half were glued to their, to their uh, wings and they were, not, they, they were not supplied by the midfield. Uh, Marquinhos had a fantastic game again. Verratti was, was played really high up, more like, uh, like an 8 slash 10 and wasn't super convincing. Um, but why Sarabia and... So Sarabia is not a, a winger. He's, he doesn't, he's not fast. He's not a great dribbler. It's really a fake nine, ten. He, he could also be played as a relayer. Um, and he, saw, he, he showed in preseason that he has a lot of qualities. He's got a fantastic football IQ and, and his stats in the Liga last season uh, talk, talk for him. So I wouldn't be too worried about Sarabia. No. But yeah, Draxler. It seems that for that particular Nîmes team and most, most of the the smaller League One teams are, are going to park the bus, we, we would have needed a, a third midfield up to the task and performing, and, and Draxler was once again a ghost. Yeah. Um, why not use Draxler as a left winger and Sarabia as a relayer? Maybe, um, maybe Tuchel was, was, you know, testing the waters. Um, I think Sarabia is going to be a, a key player this season in the rotation. Um, and he, he maybe gave him, you know, a, a test right, right off the bat against a, a team that was offensively not threatening. But still, and also if I put things in, in a context, um, the tuning, the physical tuning of the players um, in preseason is... is very different between a team that's going to play 70 to 80 games a year and the smallest budget in League One that has to perform right away and, 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 and get as many points as possible right off the bat. Nîmes was tuned up to the max right off the bat. Paris Saint-Germain had a tough preseason and of course legs are a little stiff. Right. But still, we it's like we, we saw no progress in, in collectively compared to last season. The same problems again when Neymar is not around. We are so struggling to, to go past these defenses and that penalty kind of unlock it for us. Without it, it could have been a different game. Right. So let's not be too pessimistic neither. Um, I, I think... There's also, there was a, a clear lack of box-to-boxing and Gay is going to resolve that. Gay is going to be used either as a relayer box-to-box or and as a sentinel, according to, you know... The you, don't think, you don't think Marquinhos did the job? No, um, he did it, I think, in the Trophée des Champions. Uh, a bit... Hold on. As box to box, you mean? He, he, he did everything, Marquinhos. He had this incredible long ball for Bernat. He was very active, but you can't ask the guy to be a, a to, to 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 do it all perfect. Right. He's not. He's not. He's fantastic. He's 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 level as a midfielder. Surprise surprises everybody. His his mentality is incredible. 
Um, it's super useful because during the game, you can switch him back to defense and get someone else in midfield. Right. But in high-level football, Marquinhos is not a great box-to-box, no. He can sometimes burst in, but gay, gay is. Gay has been used as a sentinel and as a box-to-box, as a dynamic ball carrier, piercing midfields. He can do that. He's really good at it. He's going to be hopefully the key that slowly but surely improves the quality of the, the collective in midfield because it's been against Nîmes. It's been, it's been really, really, really poor. Um, so let's talk about the players. Uh, let's do a quick uh, uh, review of, of you know, the pros and cons. Any player in particular that you liked and any player in particular, well, we know the answer already, that you, uh, back to Carl. Yeah, um, I'd, I really want to lift uh, Abdou Diallo's performance. Um, new player, comes with huge potential. I see people sort of slating him on Twitter and social media, which, is, which I find quite bizarre. He's very young. Almost every big club in the Europe are interested in him, but, he, but uh, Leonardo managed to get him for around 30-odd million, which was a brilliant piece of business. Not too bad. Yeah, lesser for uh, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, but yeah, two dribbles for a centre-back is amazing. He is a very good ball carrier. Had almost, I think he was top five um, for ball progression into the middle third. He was uh, top five in the Bundesliga last season. Mm-hmm. And that's both counting passes and dribbles. Many of his comes from dribbles because he's so good, but he still had 95 um, pass accuracy this uh, this game. So very good from him. Completely completed four long balls. We praise Marquinhos for ha- for having being a really good long passer, but he, he completed five from midfield. Diallo completed four from uh, from centre back. Five defensive actions in a game that really had little defending to do over the course of the 90 minutes. So this look, looks very promising. He will make mistakes. He's young and we will have to live with that. But he's, he's an experienced player by now. It's not only... I think it's got, it's got a lot to do with uh, the fact that he had um, Thiago Silva next to him. Uh, yeah, sure. But, but isn't that what you expect, though? When, when, you, when you're a young centre-back, you don't want to play with Tilo Kera. Well, we did last season. We had Kimpembe carry on a few uh, occasions. Yeah, <laughs> we had no no other choice. So yeah, no. So playing him alongside Marquinhos and Thiago Silva will really develop yeah. his game and develop his maturity. And when when you he, he get, we all love Juan Bernat, but we all know he can be suspect defensively. But that and that means Yalu will have to step up defensively on that left hand side of a central defense, either if it's in a three or a two. So I think we just develop, uh, make some mistakes, but just get better and better, uh, and really uh, add offensively, offensively as well. Really impressed with him. He not the not not. I mean. You, you could lift Mbappé's and uh, Marquinhos' performances, but we all know how good they are as well. So I thought I would have a sort of outside side for Diallo. Yeah, he was very satisfying. Terry. Yeah. 
Um, no, we could talk about Kerr's game. Uh, he, he, he doesn't really do anything with the ball at this position. He uh, never has. It's not just never has. He never has, but at the same time, he brings stability defensively when it comes to being exposed to long ball counterattacks from the opponents, which were usually exposed to because Tua likes his midfield to press high when we lose the ball. Uh, and when you have guys like Munya or Dagba that are usually combining uh, with their winger, and uh, whether it's Draxler or somebody else in the midfield uh, on that side of the pitch, uh, they, they tend to not come back as fast and as consistently. And having care there is kind of like a security factor yeah. to not yeah. getting countered. And we didn't see any kind of danger from Nîmes until Meunier came on the field and replaced them. So, sure, but the, the game was already, yeah. Yeah, no, and it wasn't, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It wasn't exactly dangerous, but, uh, and it's just really a detail. But he kind of mm -hmm. gives us that stability. Well, now he's injured, so let's see what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, two, two or three weeks, yeah. But no, yeah, it's great, great to have because he locks the right, the right uh, wing. And uh, Munier can do that. Dagba, mm, a little, little better than than Munier for sure. But you know, still tender, yeah. Still tender. Kerr is not. Kerr is great on the on the man. He's he's, a, he's good in duels. He's fantastic in the air too. On uh, dead ball situations, uh, he's incredible. Um, he's great to have the, in in a rotation. Um, could could I add something to that. Say what? Could I add something to that point as well? Of course. Uh, yeah, no, normally, uh, I actually looked at some of the stats. Normally, last season, we had, when Munier was playing and Danny Alves and so on on the right-hand side, we had sort of an equal dis distribution of attacks from the opponents from either flanks. So you had 30-30 or 30-30-30 through the middle as well. Last game, uh, Nima tagged 57% down the right-hand side and just barely 20% down uh, the left. So it really sort of switches the, the match approach the opposition has to take as well because they know he's so more suited defensively than our other fullbacks. There you go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it probably is not impossible that in bigger, bigger games against bigger opponents, we may see Kerr and Diallo on the other end and kind of have just the four central defenders like we've seen against Liverpool. Um, last season group stage hmm. so that we're not exposed to danger can Jello play uh, as, a, as a fullback yeah I can if, if Ensuki can do it um, <laughs> that'd be nice that'd he be got two assists, uh, uh, two assists against uh, was it Monaco in the 12th edition no he wasn't last season I think oh, yeah, it was from, from left back yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I, I really think given his technical ability, uh, he's been playing left back. I'm sure you could push him, push him up and maybe use him a little bit more de defensively, with, de defensively than you would uh, use uh, Juan Bernat. But he could so do it. One thing that was, I think, very satisfying, there was something satisfying. It was the pressing and the, the, the defensive structure and the intensity in defense. The pressing was top notch. Um, so is it 
because Tuchel wants to work first on that. Back to the basics. Make sure the team is set up properly as a structure, is uh, efficient sorry, in, in uh, defensive transitions, in counter-pressing. And if he wanted that, well, it did happen against Nîmes, but it's Nîmes. But still, there was, you could tell players were really focused on that. Offensively, oof. But it's early in the season. It's easier to defend than to attack. Um, and we're, we're missing a few No, and I think, I think the, pressing, the pressing is better. Um, when we lose the ball and, and, and we try to get it back right away and press high, it helps a lot having variety uh, in that position. Yeah. Um, he's tremendous for that in that position. I mean, but offensively, that's the thing. It, it kind of kills the factor that he's a good um, transition between the defense and uh, the offensive mid- midfielders. Uh, but in the pressing, Verratti is key in that position. No, he sure is. Um, again, I think since we, it's easy to get a, to, to find a scapegoat, but Draxler was transparent in every phase of the game. And uh, in, a, in a three-man midfield, when one of the three midfielders is transparent, that, that, hurts, that hurts a lot. Uh, question mark, why is, why is Draxler still at Paris Saint-Germain? Tuchel seems to still like him. He's very versatile and he's useful. Um, I'd like to see Draxler play left winger or fake left winger which is, uh, you know, what he kind of used to be a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, so maybe next time, um, since Herrera is injured for quite a while, God damn it, uh, like a good month, six weeks, then, you know, back to training, back to, so we're not going to see Herrera for a long time. Yeah, after, probably after the international break. And yeah, after the international break, which is... Uh, Denver... Early September, mid September, yeah. early September, right, right at the end of the transfer window, and we're going to come to this in a, in a second. Um, Tuchel will, of course, give Draxler another chance. If we, I'd like to see roles switched between Sarabia and, and Draxler. Sarabia in midfield, Draxler uh, yeah. up front. All right. Anything else to add on the Paris Saint Germain Nîmes game? I just think we need to be patient right now. We we can't jump to any conclusions. It's still very early. A lot of system players aren't present. So uh, Leandro Paredes hasn't really been reintegrated into the squad. Uh, Idrik Sagel hasn't been integrated into the squad. We have a lot of South Americans sort of half, half sure. sort of barely back. Um, and Herrera is out as well, and we really the Neymar situation is up in the air. We don't know. What it's come to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but that's also a problem with the current attack. So for for Thomas Tuchel to start to work on a system that works without Neymar, does he want to use Cavani and uh, Kylian Mbappe as a front two? Does he want to use Mbappe uh, on the left hand side or the right hand side, getting? maybe getting more involved in the game, but less threatening up front. 
and that that's a question he has to work with now when but it, but it's very hard to really find a conclusive answer for himself as well given the Neymar situation i think so. mbappe does both now um did you see these gorgeous assists for uh, di maria yes sure. that he can he, he wanted more responsibilities probably on the pitch well if Tuchel let him play like this, yeah. uh, uh, you know, he, he can drop back a little bit and then organize the game up front. He's, he's, I think we're going to see Mbappe scoring maybe a little less goals and passing a bit more, which would be fantastic. But it's going to it's really up to the Neymar situation, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing because it's like every time we watch him play, it's like we're discovering something new that he can do. <laughs> it's like, oh, you can do that. Okay. You can do that. He had also a very, very good preparation. And he, he said that it was the first time in his professional career that he had a full preparation. Um, he looked a little buffer too. Um, before we uh, move on to another uh, topic, another thing I think that was very good um, is our bench compared to last season. Wow, we, we started with a bench made of Di Maria, Paredes, Dagba, Kurzawa, Meunier, Boca, and Choupo-Moting. Choupo! Let <laughs> <laughs> go to Lecce or Turkey or whatever. But that's a bench. Yeah. Uh, that's good to have a bench back. And that's with, um, that's with Herrera, Kimpembe, injured, and no Neymar. And no gay yet. And no gay. And no gay. Yeah. So, okay, I'm a bit frustrated because I, I, I was expecting a bit more collective. Cohesion? Okay. <laughs> in midfield, like a, bit, like a team a bit more glued together in, in every aspect of the game. And, and offensively, it was very poor. But we, we were not going to see that. Uh, midfield partnership for the big games or the important games. So I, don't, I really don't think you have to worry about what you saw. Last. I'm not worried. I'm frustrated because yeah. Tuchel had the team for a long time now. And, uh, but I think it may have to do something with Sarabia, trying to, to see what he can and cannot do. And he was very isolated. It was a test against, against Nîmes. Like, it's like, you're not going to test that against Monaco, Lyon, Lille. Rennes, uh, or in the Champions League, of course. So right away, I think it was a test for Sarabia. Tuchel didn't look very happy. He was very um, cre- like tense during the game. And I, I look at his body language, he wasn't happy. He couldn't, I mean, that, it wasn't a very satisfying game for him, I'm sure. All right. Um, shall we talk about the Neymar situation? Yay. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the Neymar situation. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, we all know, we all follow Twitter, Reddit, Le Parisien, Culture PSG. There's no, there was a meeting uh, in Paris between, between our, our sporting director and some Barca people, not the main people. Um, and it basically no, no new thing. Um, Real Madrid 
is involved. I think it's so hard to see exactly what's happening. It's impossible to know what's happening. Was Real contacted by the club, by Paris, to put pressure on Barca? Is there a real opening with Real? They just got Azar, who plays exactly the, 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 the same position as Neymar. <laughs> what? And then they're still on Pogba. The players that um, were rumored to be put in the transaction with Paris Saint-Germain, that makes no sense. Uh, so there's no re really anyone that Paris would like. I'm sorry, uh, the, 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 yeah, he may, he may have a Ballon d'Or, but he's 34, 35. Uh, what his name, the Croatian guy? Uh, Modric. Modric, thank you. <laughs> I was also speaking about Barca for a while. No, from a Messi. Modric in Paris, no. Um, so, Real thing seems to be a, a diversion to put more pressure on Barca. Barca doesn't have the cash to buy Neymar. Oh, my goodness. Um, Neymar is apparently not welcome at the park. Well, we, we'll, we'll come to this, but let, let, let's, let's have a brief overview of the current situation today, Wednesday. Um, Dembele said he doesn't want to move, but if Neymar comes, Dembele is going to be on, <clears throat> on the bench. So maybe you should rethink the situation. Um, who else from Barca said, no, I don't want to move? Ivan Rakitic. Rakitic. We would welcome Rakitic, for sure. He doesn't want to move. The only one is Coutinho, um, which we can discuss too, because I'm, I'm not a, I was a fan of Coutinho two seasons ago, three. Um, he's been failing in every, whether he was played as a midfielder in Barca, Valverde, as a, as a fake winger, he fell too, he was very inconsistent, he completely lost his confidence. Okay. Um, now we are August 14th. The deadline is September 2nd. Let's remember how long it took with Barca not able to say anything because Paris Saint-Germain was paying the release clause of Neymar. So Barca was out of the picture, but the negotiations between the Neymar entourage, the agents, and, and, and Paris two seasons ago took the entire summer. Apparently, there's no progression right now into the Neymar negotiations between Barca, Paris, and Real Madrid. There's three weeks left. Neymar has a lawsuit with Barcelona about some unpaid stuff. He's getting sued by the Spanish government about tax evasion. There's the contract negotiation, the salary negotiation. The, 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 they have, Paris has to be satisfied in the deal. It's incredibly, incredibly complicated, whether he stays or whether he goes. Oh, wow. Hollywood FC, episode 28,731. We just cannot get rid of this, of this. Like, if we want peace and quiet, let's all throw away our Paris Saint-Germain jerseys and hats and and let's uh i don't know let's support ren for example but no it is this is just so um there we are um i'll give you my five cents i don't see neymar leaving 
Um, I don't, I don't see how, unless, not a miracle, but something very, very surprising happens. I don't see Neymar living at this transfer uh, window. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And the only reason for that is that we would have to almost help Barcelona out to get him back. And that would be because we're very desperate to get rid of him. And we are, but we are. we? And the yep. Canaries, the, 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 the owners of the club, are going to make this uh, a matter of honor that they're not going to help him out. They're going to have to pay. They're going, yeah. to be, they're going to be doing the same thing Barcelona did to them two years ago. And these people gave him literally everything he wanted, him and his father. I mean, they, they gave him a salary. Um, they gave him the, uh, uh, the donation to, to um, his the family. Yeah. Uh, he's the, the, um, uh, the ambassador of the World Cup 2022. Uh, I mean, he's, he represents many Qatari sponsors. Uh, and, non, and non-Qatari sponsors. I mean, the, the, he's one of the reasons we, we got those massive deals with Nike yeah. and uh, Accor. Right. So there's a lot of pressure from the club to keep him. There's a lot of pressure on the club to get rid of him. In, in a way, it's a win-win situation. I don't think it's a lose-lose situation. So let's now talk about the... Everybody's talking about it in the media, of course. Oh, my God. Some PSG fans there, there to display some mean words toward Neymar and we all know football players are not used to that at all. They never get insulted on the pitch by supporters. So Neymar must be so stricken by that. And it's a clear game changer in the (laughs) negotiations between Neymar, Paris Saint-Germain and Barcelona. It was possible before they displayed those banners. Now it's not possible anymore. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Come on. Don't put... So if he stays, don't put Neymar in a home game. Let him do his magic on, on a couple of away games. Let him talk on Instagram and say... I, I struggled to, you know, to uh, get used of the Parisian life and this and that and those injuries. But the, the, my teammates and my coach convinced me and now I'm 100% <laughs> a Parisian. And, and everybody will be like, all right, like nothing happened. Carl, your opinion on that? Um, yeah, so my opinion, what was the question exactly? Is it? Do you really think the, 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 the banners are game changer? I mean, I think it's, do you really think they, things have worsened since the, the ultras, some ultras, um, a few, um, were kind of aggressive. Yeah. To, to a degree, I believe. I mean, yeah, this kind of thing really sort of shapes public, um, public opinion, sure, as it does on 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 social media, on just regular news media, uh, that kind of stuff. So it, it changes the debate climate around Neymar. That 
affects its marketability, that, that affects its price, that, that affects the uh, negotiate, uh, the, the, sort of the, call it, um, the, the, the terms of the negotiations for, for the both clubs. I think both, it, it puts both of them in different positions than they were before. If it will be a complete game changer, I'm not sure. I haven't. I have never been in those kinds of meetings. Uh, I would love to be, but I honestly don't know. Uh, I think the whole situation is a bit weird. In a way, it feels like he would never be able to play for the club again. But on on the other hand, it feels like he, at least in this window, would never be able to leave, given the uh, economic situation of uh, Barcelona. So, yeah, it's really it's a doozy. I, I'm I'm not sure how it will turn out and I don't think anyone will. Yeah, of course. I don't think it will change anything. I mean, just imagine uh, Abidal or, or whoever was in that meeting say, oh, oh but the fans. <laughs> Leonardo is going to laugh in their face. <laughs> He's going to say, look, the fans are the fans and we won't Parisian, Parisian fans. I mean, it's not the first time. There's a long... Actually, that'd be worth... Uh, a short five-minute video about the, the, the messages displayed by the Auteuil and Boulogne fans <laughs> through the years. And honestly, oh. if you remember back in the day, this, this was nothing. I mean, back in the day, they came yeah. to the training center and destroyed the players' cars. You know, they, they forced their way into the training center. And, and this happened many years ago. But honestly, this was nothing. If you shot by that, you see nothing. But, but that didn't include the huge ego that is Neymar Jr. He could, given his childishness and his complete lack of consequence, he could just, he, he could, while we were recording this podcast, he could have uploaded an Instagram video where he should have sort of called out, called out the, uh, the ultras and said he would never play for the club again. Uh, it but, would have worked with the place. He, in the, he probably now. didn't, and he hasn't said anything so far. Not directly. So... Yeah. He's, I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's always, you know, sources close to Neymar or, <sighs> or Neymar, Neymar Pie talking or, you know, it's, it's never clear. No. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, if he goes, great. If he stays, great. I think, um, we have to, I think we have to mentally prepare. For both. For the fact that he's probably 99% going to stay. I, don't say, I wouldn't say 99, but it's, no. looking, it's looking easier. Not easier, but it's looking more like he's going to stay than he's going to go because of so many complicated uh, things to, to resolve before. And then a thing we didn't talk about, um, I think um, Griezmann's salary at Atletico was 20 million euros. He moved to Barca. Probably not for less. Uh, Neymar is paid 30, 30 million euros after tax in Paris Saint-Germain. That's absolutely colossal. Um, he may take a cut if he moves back to Barca, but like, I know Barca are filthy rich and all, but they already had to borrow, like, like Griezmann was run on that credit card. Um, if they have to put money on top, plus plus uh, uh, Neymar's salary, I mean, uh, 
that complicate things a lot too. So let's talk about the, the potential player exchange and um, additional rumors we heard about players possibly joining Paris Saint-Germain. The two main names are Dybala, uh, Coutinho, uh, Guerrero was also mentioned, Donnarumma. Um, your opinion on, on those rumors? Would you see a Dybala at the club, Carl? And in, I would love to see Dybala at the club. He's a brilliant... Yeah, now, imagine... The problem is if we were to bring in the likes of Coutinho and uh, Pablo Dybala, probably Cavani would be less involved. Um, let's be honest, given the attacking talent we would then have, I, th- I believe uh, Kylian Mbappé would start up top uh, with uh, Paula Dybala as second striker, since he is the in that, that's his best position. He's got on the best numbers in the second second striker role. He's been moved to the right where he hasn't been as effective, and he's been moved further back as well uh, where he hasn't contributed enough. Um, so that those who linking up together would be frightening, I, I believe, uh, with with them really just linking up, um, yeah. The, the yeah the innovation would be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, but, but it, the, that, not, that's I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of Dybala. Why? He's, uh, what, what is he? <laughs> he is a very versatile attacker with a huge... Attacker? Sport. Like, is yeah. he a fake winger? Is he a 10? Is he a 9? He's a second striker. He play, plays on the shoulder, really. So that, that, that's funny. The link-up would be great. Yeah. But now you, we don't have Cavani, so forget about the the, the, the you know heading part of the attacking game. Yeah. Um, we've seen um, Kylian Mbappe in the air. It's a catastrophe. I mean, he's absolutely terrible in the air. Um, Dybala is not great in the air neither. Wow. So no, now we have no presence in the air. Um, the link-up would be interesting, but like, there's no presence in the square, really, like what Kevin e can bring. That's well, what he brings, so. To play sort of, to counter that, I believe we usually pre- play with inverted wing- wingers. We play with the right footers on the left and left footers on the right. And that means we don't get as many opportunity cross unless Tuma <laughs> Munier or uh, Juan Bernat goes, uh, goes out wide. And they, they usually uh, do go for low crosses. So I, at least last season, the high crosses into the box for he- headers weren't the big part. I don't know if you want that, but right now it's not really a huge part of a game plan. Dipala was, is on the bench at Juve. He's been benched. Yeah, for about two years, yeah. Coutinho is on the bench too. Uh, T- Terry, your, your take, Coutinho, Dybala, Guerrero? No, I, mean, I don't think, uh, I think we can forget about Guerrero, to be honest. I'm pretty sure he just got another muscle injury. So that, that probably right there just yeah, it's about... Been, it's, been a, it's been injured a lot. Yeah, that probably ends the, the rumors right there. Um, no, I mean, Dybala, you guys said it all. Uh, we talked earlier about the problems we had using our wings and, and, and not crossing the ball enough and using Cavani's presence. Well, with Dybala, we don't have to worry about that anymore because it, 
if you have Dybala and Mbappe and whoever is plus one or plus two, it could be Coutinho, it could be Di Maria, it could be Di Maria and Verratti. Or there's We're not going to get both Coutinho and Dybala. Uh, you don't think so? No. Well, the pay, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it I depends if Neymar stays or not. You know, that's the, that's the whole problem of, of just the Bay right here is that. <laughs> well, uh, sure. But, you know, the, to me, the offensive end, you just kind of let these three guys free and just let them combine and do what they have to do. And I don't think it'll be a problem. Uh, and then you have, you'll have the luxury of having Cavani on the bench. I mean, we have a complete roster just about if we can manage to get rid of Neymar and bring in Dybala, Coutinho, and then probably with whatever money's left, some kind of right back or some kind of left back. Yeah, there are 60 games in a season as well. I believe the days when teams had a set starting 11, I believe it's over quite a bit. Oh, sure. Yeah, because so much rotation needed for everyone to stay fit. So Cavani will get his game time. Everyone will get their game time if Tuchel uses them right. And having Cavani, Dybala, Mbappé, uh, Di Maria, Sarabia will offer huge tactical flexibility. Yeah, uh, rich you know. people problems, what we call that in France. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so let, let, let's look at the situation Barcelona negotiating with Paris Saint-Germain. Let's say Neymar, Neymar goes out. To me, there's one clear evidence in terms of which player needs to uh, come from Barcelona to Paris Saint-Germain when Neymar goes plus money. And it's not, it's not Coutinho, um, it's not Dybala from Juve, it's Dembele. Clearly, clearly is the player that would fit, hit the ground running. He's a childhood friend of, of uh, Mbappé. They, like brothers, um, he would bring the speed, the sheer speed and the ability to, to eliminate defenders, which no other Coutinho can do it. Dybala can do it like this. Dembele can. Now we have... A, Neymar is not replaceable, but we have a player who, who, who sort of works like Neymar does too. And we're still very young and has a, a great margin of progression. So give me, the, give me, give me Dembele. Tuchel would love Dembele. Uh, there was rumors that Mbappe called Dembele. And listen, if Neymar goes to, uh, to Barca, where is, what is Dembele going to do? He's going to cut lemons at halftime. <laughs> Look at the players they have up front. I mean... There's no room for Dembele. He's going he's gonna to be on the bench on a regular basis. He's going to play 17, 18, 19, 20 games a season. Or be a starter at Paris Saint-Germain. But hey, I'm adding to the, uh, yet another layer of, of whatever it is in the Neymar yeah. discussion. But I, I would love to see Dembele. If Neymar goes and Dembele comes in, I'd be happy. No, yeah. 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 Do you remember what coach... Uh, Dembele plays his best football under? I do. <laughs> yes. yes. As Dortmund under Thomas Tuchel. So, yeah, I really just wanted to add that. Uh, they well, you, guys, you guys forget a big factor is that he would be coming to Paris. He would be coming where he grew up. He would be living next to his childhood friends, like you said. And it's not just Mbappe. 
It's where he grew up in the neighborhood. Sure. And, and, and these how about guys follow things? him around and are bad influences. And these guys will be 10 times worse than they are in Dortmund or in Barcelona or in Rennes. I see a potential big problem with Dembele in the, the Parisian life. Dembele is a, is, a, is a little loose. But, I mean, if we get rid of the... the, the, the Toxicity linked to Neymar, we can deal. We can deal with. Of course, there'd be there'd be some issues there. Yes, yes. but imagine imagine Dembele and Mbappe with Cavani in the middle. Woo, woo. Another thing is, in the story, we're getting a balanced team. We're getting a bench. We're getting a sentinel. We can play Sentinel box to box. We have many, 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 many tactical options now. And Neymar wants to go. God damn it. It means we cannot have it all. No, we can't have it all. We're trying to. There's a slight chance. There's a chance, more than slight, that he stays. I want to see this team, this balanced team with a bench, with incredible versatility, using all these players in different positions with Mbappe and Neymar up front. Now we are, we are potentially a great team. Without Neymar, quite a lot less. It, it depends how you look at it. I believe if Tuchel gets his right, we could be a world beater. If he doesn't get it quite right, we wouldn't be a world leader. So it's very much down to the big German um, in the dugout right now, I believe. Um, he is an no, amazing... No, he won't have any more of the excuses that he served us after each game at the, at the end of the season. You know, I don't have a roster. I don't have a midfielder. I don't But have he that. He didn't. He played he did. 18 he games. Did. 18... No. I forgot, between 15 and, and 20 games with less than 18 people on the team roster, you know, the further match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We had yeah. guys, it's like, who's this guy? I've been following the club for more than 30 years. And, you know, I, I, I look into the youth team and, and it's like names I've never heard before. Hey, man. So, yeah, yeah, Tuchel was a little bit frustrated, you know, and, and then, oh my God, the previous season was so chaotic. No, I, uh, Carl, I may disagree with you. I don't think Tuchel has much influence. I don't think he has some. But with the return of Leonardo, with, with Nasser still around for now, he is, of course, a factor, but I don't think he's a decisive factor, especially yeah. in the Neymar, in the Neymar uh, negotiation. Now, it could be if he expressly disclose to the club he wants them better. Then, then, then that's, yeah. Well, we, we uh, kind of have been recruiting players he's wanted. I mean, all, 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 most of all Leonardo has done is validating whatever Enrique was working on besides the whole delete uh, uh, situation. Uh, those are players that Tuchel wanted and just kind of uh, talked about with Ontario Enrique that he wanted. The, these guys that were recruited so far are all two holes um, recruits in my eyes. 
They are two else recruit. They are a coach recruit. It could be my great grandfather who's dead. He would require, he would ask the same for the same type of players. Like we don't have those freaking players. We don't have enough relayers in midfield. We don't have a sentinel. We don't have a box to box. And it's been going on for years. You can be Tuchel. You can be uh, Laurent Blanc. And, you know, sure. So finally, he got these players. Uh, great. But uh, to go back to the Neymar situation, I think it can be a factor by saying, listen, Dembele is our best option. And I, I, I was mainly sort of focusing on the, what he can do with the team on the pitch. Oh, you mean I, tactically? Yeah, that was okay. my, yeah. Okay. So you saw what he could do against uh, Liverpool at home and sure, uh, sure, sure. Man United away. And he, he, could, he, he could lift that team to become more than a, some of his parts if he gets it right. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, we, yeah. we all... So far, he's been criticizing here and there, like any coach, but we have a solid, solid, solid coach. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad he's here. Yeah, me too. Well, this season is going to be, if he doesn't get it right. Yeah. Bye-bye. You best believe Leonardo will not hesitate to get rid of him as early as possible. No. And, and there's Mourinho who's now a football pundit. We, we, oh, God, no. Please. <laughs> hey, I thought you guys wanted to be drama-free, Guillaume. What's going on? You know, I mean, <laughs> Mourinho, Mourinho would, would, would work at Paris Saint-Germain. I'm not a huge fan of him. But he's got, the, he's got the right sarcasms and, and ego and um, charisma yeah. and, and, and resume. But he would also solve the right package too. Mbappé would play right wing back, wing back so all sorted. Some games he might. But Samuel Eto'o played as a right back in the Champions League final and, 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 and Inter won the Champions League. Uh, yeah. Mourinho said that his, the season he's the proudest of was when he was at Manchester United two seasons ago and they finished second of the, the, the EPL with a team made of painters and clowns and they, they won the Europa League. So, no, I mean, he, he is great, you but we, we, we don't have a figure. We don't have a figure as a, as a, as a coach in this Hollywood FC club. And we shall see. Anything else you guys want to add? Things we forgot to cover. We're coming to an hour of podcast and might be a good time to stop. Yeah, like try try to enjoy, for all, all the fans listening, try to enjoy the season. Maybe step off the negative train that I see sometimes on social media, just try to enjoy watching the team play. Um, and I think the atmosphere around the club will get a, a bit better. We have the players for that. PSGtalk.com. PSG Don't forget to donate if you can, if you like us. Uh, if you want us to uh, develop more projects, if you want us to go to Paris and start doing press conferences and all sorts of different stuff. Please donate to us, to our Patreon. Um, 
We all have Twitter accounts, I believe. Carl, what's your at? It's C O K L L M S T R R M. It's Carl Oscar, which is my uh, first name, then it's Kalstrom, but without any vowels. All right. In audio at Off the Door. Yeah, off the door one. I'm terrible. At off the door one, and I'm at L underscore Philosophoot. P H I L O S O F O O T. Follow check, us and consult us, please. Check our YouTube channel. Um, we have a, a new video um, about the Paris Saint Germain game uh, that's been posted. Uh, we have more and more stuff on our YouTube channel, it's growing. It's awesome. All right, everyone, you wasted another perfectly uh, perfect hour uh, listening and watching PSG Talk. We really appreciate this. Uh, we've been producing more and more. Uh, we have three podcasts now. Uh, thank you all, and we will talk to you soon.